0: So after we recorded this entire episode, I got a strong, intuitive hit (laughs) two days ago that Uh we're having a boy. Okay. And I got really, really excited just to meet this little human.
1: Exciting. You got a 50% shot.
0: (laughs) I'm Marisol. And I'm Adam. And you are listening to The The Reading Reading Aloud Aloud podcast. Podcast.
1: A podcast where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication is explored in real time by a real couple.
0: That's us. In season two, we bring you along on our tour to keep the conversation going. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) Our new favorite place to record podcasts...
1: The living room, Is the, yeah, the
0: couch, the couch and the dining room. Because yeah. we're
1: always we have our podcast studio upstairs, but we just in the office. But we just like we're like I don't want to go I don't up there. In the office. Go up there in the office and put on a well because the and also reading
0: aloud is all about like impromptu impromptu conversations. conversations
1: exactly. And I hear that you have one. I have one. What okay? You, you were like, let's record a podcast. So here we are. What's up?
0: Have you? heard about gender
1: disappointment. Um yes, I've heard stories. I've I I guess I haven't like thought about that term as as a like a thing that happens. But I've heard stories of people I've heard of more gender disappointment in little kids. You know, little brothers and sisters where they wanted a boy or a girl. Oh, yeah. And they got really disappointed. Um, but I haven't heard about it a ton, I guess, in adults.
0: Well, it's interesting. So, first of all, let's actually differentiate what we're calling gender disappointment is sex disappointment. So, the sex of the baby, the gender is um, is fluid and, uh, you know, much more up to their uh, discretion. But the sex is non, you know, it's like... it. Yeah. It, yeah
1: they're born that way. Yeah.
0: Biologically. Yes. Okay. So so sex disappointment or gender disappointment is what people call it. So it's interesting because I was talking with a friend and and on uh, FaceTime the other day and she was like, "Yeah, me and my husband had gender disappointment." And she's like, "Nobody really talks about it." And I was like, "Well, tell me your story." Right. I remember being
1: It's that's, that's let me just say that's really awesome and vulnerable that she admitted that to you.
0: Yeah, and I I remember being at a um, book club and a friend of mine shows up and she's in tears because she has just found out that she's having the same sex kid as the one she's already got and neither of them were of the sex that she had wanted. Um, I don't think they envisioned having another kid after that, although maybe they would have, but either way. And she was really sad, and they had gotten incorrect testing results. They had done the Harmony testing and received incorrect information, so it actually turned out that the baby was the sex that she wanted. Um, but she just did, like, some deep grieving in that 48-hour period before she knew. And I'm just wondering where you stand on all this.
1: I find it a little crazy, just to be honest with you. I I, I do. I find it a little crazy that someone could I I guess just be that outward and emotionally tied to the sex of of a child of a newborn
0: I I, I mean I, I understand you.
1: I understand the idea of visioning out or imagining yourself with one type of you know sex and then that the things that you would kind of typically do with that. Um, I understand that because, you know, I've done that to a certain degree too. Right. I, so I get that part. Like I've imagined myself coaching my son's little league team, you know, if we have a boy and if that boy wants to play baseball, you know, like there's a lot of ifs in there, but I've, I've let myself do that. But all of that, Doesn't matter. And there's a deep knowing in me that it doesn't matter when that child comes into the world that they like I am just overjoyed that they are.
0: So I think most people are overjoyed that they are. I think most people find out the sex of their baby before they're born. Um, So in that way, they're actually, it's still just a vision. You know, it's not actually, it isn't like what we're doing, which is the moment they come out. We're gonna have the experience of meeting them and finding out at the same time, and I think that you know the meeting them part is is going to far outweigh the well what is it part, you know or what you know what what's the sex you know I that that is a different experience right. so I think that that's kind of a big difference but it, I want you to know that when you say I think that's kind of crazy like you have to understand that I would bet that there that like 90% of people actually have a preference. Yeah. So that means that 90% of people are crazy. But Well, is it
1: wrong to have a preference well, or is it wrong to be disappointed? After the fact, I think you know that what, I mean? I think that's that's what I mean, and that's what
0: that's the point. Is the pr- the preference creates the dis The preference is it's not just a preference for no reason. It's a preference for reasons. So there's grief in it, and so you know I really want to normalize the grief of this for yeah. because I feel like I I might have that experience, and so I really want to feel normal and normalized for this experience. You know, um, and I want. You know, I think I think the thing is, is like disappointment is one thing. You know, it's like we really, when we think about grief, we really have to piece it down to we're allowed to be disappointed. We're allowed to have grief, but it doesn't, it's not going to change. Like I think probably there are scenarios out in the world where families were like, I just wish you were the opposite sex and I treat you differently because of it. But like, of course you and I wouldn't do that. I think, that is taking it to an extreme that ultimately is detrimental to the child. And so and that, you know, that sounds really hurtful. Right. Especially if they're aware of it. But what I what I want to just acknowledge and normalize is that a dream the dream. You know, like let's talk about getting married, right? So like let's say we were going to be getting married during COVID times and we still wanted to get married this year and we weren't able to have a big wedding. Super disappointing. And that doesn't change the fact that I would have been so happy to marry you this year regardless, right. you know, and that my love, you know, but it's, they're separate things. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I hear that. I, I do, I do. I understand and I appreciate the, I feel like that was a learning moment there for me around grief and I appreciate that. I, I guess there's something, there's something and maybe it's like a more conservative part of me or, or whatnot, a more You know, maybe it's more of my like male upbringing, but it's kind of like deal with it. Like, don't, I don't know. I just, there's something in me that screams like you set yourself up for that. Like you wanted, I don't know. There's like a.
0: People do deal with it, but like there's this window where we need the chance to deal with it.
1: I I, I know. And I, I get that. I guess I just push back on, you know, and, and I, I understand. And again, I acknowledge that was a learning moment for me around grief and I appreciate that because my initial knee-jerk reaction was how could you have sex what did you call just you know disappointment disappointment, um, when you've just had you've just brought a new life into
0: the world again I think the disappointment usually comes before the life comes into the you know but like while it's gestating and there's a real disconnect between you know so
1: is so is so is sex disappointment being caused by the fact that people are finding out before
0: i think i think there would maybe be less potentially, but That's the normal potentially way. less disappointment it, right. yeah i think so yeah. because again you're overshadowed by the euphoria of having just brought a child do you child feel like most people
1: want to have a girl
0: or want to have a boy i think i think it's cultural uh-huh. i think you know if we think about like Certain people and cultures we know, like, boy is... I mean, around the world, boy is preference. You right. know, around the world. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I think then, you know, there's a lot of my friends maybe who would be more... Inc- I, I don't know, inclined yeah. towards girls. Well, it's
1: interesting. You know, one of, our, one of our friends, I'll never forget this, is that they had... This is several years ago now, though. But, you know, they had a girl and... I forget how it came up, but it was like it kind of this conversation. It was like, are you happy it's a girl? Which is kind of a weird oh, question. Oh, it's a weird question. Um, and I don't think it was asked exactly like that. But anyway, it doesn't, it doesn't matter in this context. But their response was, I- I'm actually super happy it was a girl. And this was the father. I'm super happy it was a girl because I feel like it's becoming more of a, a girl's world. Like I feel like this is, this is their time. You know, um, this is the, the female time is is arriving and upon us. And so I thought that was a beautiful answer. Yeah. Uh,
0: I think for me, like, I think that there is like as a feminist, there feels like some ease in knowing how to raise a woman, a strong woman in this world. And then I think what I, I really think that I will support, you know, I just, I'm so grateful that you have the perspective you have on, masculinity because Mm -hmm. it's really going to be valuable to me to see how you raise a boy. And, you know, I I just like, I want, so there was this, this um, Gloria Steinem, I think was the, the, the author of this quote, Uh of this quote, but she was like, you know, this was came from a a long time. She said this a long time ago, so it's maybe less true now. And I, I reflected that it was like definitely less true in my circle of friends, but I, you know, we somewhat live in a bubble and we realize that when people like Donald Trump get elected and we're like, wow, we live in a bubble. (laughs) Um, but you know, we, she said, we're, we're, we're so apt to, or we're so willing to raise our daughters as boys, but we're so afraid to raise our boys more like our daughters. And I was like, you know, that is so true. And, and it's not so much in our circles, but it is true around the world. And I, I, you know, I just want, I want the child to feel, you know, we, I want them to feel that they have ample space to express in all directions. And I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think, go ahead.
1: What? No, no, finish your thought. I
0: guess I, guess I just wanted to say, like, I'm, I never thought, like, I never thought I cared. I never thought I wanted to know, but I have always envisioned having a girl. I just, it's just the only vision I've ever had.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking about where do these visions come from, right? Like, where do we have an expectation or a vision or a desire of the child to be one sex or the other?
0: Well, biologically, it's all I know is being a woman.
1: You took the words right from my mouth. So most of that comes from our own lived experience, right? And then there is a desire, maybe if you have one for balance and have another, have the other. But like I I think initially like, you know, maybe girls want a girl because that's what they know. And and yet the experience to raise uh, a daughter for me. Would literally be a whole new learning. Like, there's also this other perspective of that I would become more of a whole person by knowing that experience because I know what my experience was like as a small boy, and then being able to raise a daughter. Like, there's something intriguing about that for me. Is you this, know,
0: is this not? I mean, do we sound like we're from like the 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 '80s? Like, we're well. So I think these conversations w- w- w-
1: may. I mean. Yeah, I think that you somewhat have to be without without have, meeting the person. As if you, know? you
0: have the most classic boy experience, and our daughter would inevitably have the most classic girl experience. You know, it's so hard to talk good, like good that. Good point.
1: Good point. And maybe we just maybe we just don't have the language to talk about it like that because I feel like no matter what gender the child identifies as, whether that's man, woman, something in between, however they identify themselves, for me, I don't necessarily have the language of talking about the, the, you know, what could be with that person at this stage. When we don't even know what sex they are going to be born as, it's hard for me to then envision that. And you know, to to kind of talk about them in a non binary way going forward. So, so we might sound like that, but it's not because that's what we want or desire. It's just because, for me at least, I don't have the language. Can for I it. just
0: tell you that I feel like we're skirting the issue? What's that? Well, that that like you know, so when we first met, it's like we would we we talked about all sorts of stuff. Like we mm-hmm. were like. I mean, you would talk about like, I definitely want to have girls and, you know, (laughs) and you and because you get along with women so well and, you know, like you have this like capacity for deeper understanding to the feminine experience. And then, you know, you know, we talked about like just all sorts of stuff like just how you know accepting we are of whatever the child whoever they are and however they choose to express themselves uh-huh, uh-huh. and who they want to love and all of those things and just like you know we talked about that really flippantly and we would do, throw things around but like since we've been pregnant I cannot believe how much I, like, I was like, nope, we're not going to find out. And you're like, we're not going to find out. You know, we had IVF. We could have chosen the sex and right. we didn't even ask. Right. We said, put the one in that's going to live.
1: Right. Right. Give us the best chance. Give us the
0: strong one. And so we don't even, you know, it's just so crazy that we don't even know. And yet I have wanted to know. And I've heard people say, and we've probably already talked about this on the podcast. I've heard people say that it helps them to feel connected. More connected. Right. Uh So I would agree with that, that that would have helped. It's like, you know so little about them. I'd love to know as much about them as possible. If I could find out their eye color, I'd be super interested, you know? Right. Not that it matters, but I would want to know right and so this is a very big part of their life that i have been curious about but i also have just been surprised at like the way i've vacillated between what i what i feel like we might be having the the what kind of baby right and just like what i think and it's like the closer we get the more i'm actually coming to terms with the fact that i have a preference
1: Uh uh-huh and And what's your preference
0: it for a girl girl Yeah. I mean it's a strong preference. Yeah. And and I think I just like need to vocalize that because what if it's not? Right. And then am I going to be able to like how will I deal with that? Especially since you think I'm crazy.
1: (laughs) What oh (laughs) as I was stating earlier, first on the crazy thing, I don't think it's crazy to have a preference. Because as we've talked about kind of our own experience and what makes us feel comfortable and feel like we would know what to do, or we have some sort of like, we would be able to vision out fun things, you know, and it might be harder if the child was born in a different sex. But it's less about preference and more about my initial thing was it's less about preference and more about the like, the how long the process goes afterwards of, of, of feeling down when there's a new baby. But like, I say that now, recognizing that the love in my heart wants to also give you and as much understanding and time as possible to feel those emotions, to feel that disappointment, to process that grief that you may or may not have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I also just like, you know, I, th- I think we we have this other embryo and we've talked about, you know, would we do this again? And there have been some factors involved as to whether or not we would do it again. One is, you know, if I survive this pregnancy, <laughs> if I have sufficient amnesia. to put me back in this situation Um, if the doctors recommend it, if it works. Uh And then then sex came into the conversation at one point.
1: Right. Right. If it was one or the other. I mean, it's
0: so funny to think about. Like, imagine if there's the same sex, right? And then we're like, we decide not to do it or do it because we think they're they're going to be the same person. I mean there's like nothing about it no matter their sex that would ever they would ever they would just never be the same person. I mean they're two beings. I mean think about all the beings in this world and how different everybody is. And of course they'd be a part of the same family so they'd have some ge- genetics that were similar but like they they just they'd be so different. Yep. Yeah. I mean you see it all the time with same sex siblings and they're so different.
1: So different, so unique.
0: Either way, you know there's not an answer and and uh, of course there's a part of me that feels sort of sheepish for even No, it's it's well, it's it, very it, honest and vulnerable and I gar- I think you're well, right when you said that I think people late, but like I yeah. think I I think I'm being hard on myself because I come from an upbringing like especially Like, especially once I entered into my teens and into my 20s and the people in my life that like this, I have loved all sorts of people. I am, I am not, you know, I myself am fluid on the gender spectrum in a way, you know, and like, I just like, I don't see how I could feel you know it's it's dissonance in my own brain that mm. I feel this way and and yet and then it brings up some some shame around just like how could you feel that way Marisol like yeah so,
1: yeah yeah i mean in in that i mean i think that's really deep what you just shared and you know in that to remember to offer forgiveness to yourself um and to remember to say it's okay that i'm feeling this way and because you're recognizing it you know you're you're having ability to self reflect on the situation and you're not just going down a rabbit hole of oh i'm going to be you know you're not letting yourself spiral there you're actually being reflective you're you're you know you're giving yourself pause and you're recognizing where your emotions are coming from and you're sitting with them and then i really feel like if you can you know, add in forgiveness to there, to yourself, being like, it's okay that I feel this way, then you'll feel okay about feeling that way. And then you'll actually be able to let that feeling release. If that's what you want to do.
0: Yeah, I want to release it. I, I have noticed with our friends who have boys first, they're, more, they're really sensitive boys. They're very, very uh, like what I would classify as like sweet, sensitive, um high like hsps, highly sensitive people. Um and then the if the if a girl comes second they tend to be really bold. Mm mm-hmm. And then if it's reversed No, the girls are still pretty bold.
1: Girls are bold. It's it's the it's the time of the woman.
0: So so percentage wise, only yep. by tens of percents, Okay. 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 How much of a percent do you want to have a boy? Go, fast. 50. Fucking legitimate, really?
1: No, le- legit. I mean, <laughs> well, this is why this conversation is difficult for me. Because I get literally equally excited about either. Yeah. I really do.
0: So what am I going to do?
1: You're going to love the child.
0: I- Definitely can't of course. Wait for that. Yeah. I think I just. I think then, without, re- then
1: relax into that.
0: I think I just don't have the. First of all, I have expressed already that like I don't know what it's gonna feel like. You know, like I, I'm. You know, percent I'm, that
1: you want a girl go.
0: A hundred. <laughs> I was gonna say like seventy, <laughs> and then a hundred came out. I don't know ninety. You
1: really want a girl? That's great.
0: Uh, yeah. That's
1: okay. <sighs>
0: It's okay, I mean, well, I hope that they never listen to this podcast. Well, this one's getting burned in the take the tape and burn it <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I know i just i just I guess I just want. You know, we've talked about this. We've talked about the fact that I didn't even know if I wanted kids. There have been times where like it hasn't even it's like been okay to maybe not have kids in my life and like all of these pieces. and then now we're having kids. And I just like i I, I think that I know myself well enough to know. And I did this with trouser. I did this with trouser. I said did that she would, I'm like, well, I should get a dog that's not a puppy just in case I don't like them that much. And then I'll have less lifetime with them. (laughs) I mean, that's insanity. First of all, she was only one and a half. Secondly, I would literally give all of my organs to keep her alive for the rest of my life.
1: (laughs) Which wouldn't be that long because you just lost all your organs, but yes.
0: I would pay a lot of money to keep this pup pup alive.
1: Yeah, me too. We should start budgeting for that. Um, Anyway yeah yeah i I guess I guess I just feel like th- this is what I'm coming around to after this whole conversation that again, I feel like I've learned some stuff is that and and with you, it's okay that you feel like you really want a girl because that's where you're at right now and the and and I really feel like even if the kid listens to this and you're honest with them, I really wanted a girl, and then this happened and. And uh, you are perfect. And and you tell them that genuinely. Like this whole thing of I can't share this because I'm afraid how it's going to. And we have to begin to like let people communicate authentically and real. And that's where you authentically and really are right now. So don't be shy about that. Don't feel shame about that. Because you're going to learn what it's like to, you know, receive that joy or, or you know, I I don't know. I mean, time will just continue to happen. And if you continue to show up authentically throughout this process, I believe that you'll be able to process that grief. Because you'll have a healthy structure in which to do so. We'll have healthy communication in which to have that conversation. You'll have healthy communication with the kid and we'll be able to see it through rather than, you know, lying to yourself, lying to the world, saying you don't care, and then, you know, bottling up that disappointment and holding on to it. That's not gonna create a better outcome than the vulnerability that it takes to just admit right now that you really want a girl. That's mm-hmm. so much healthier of an approach to this conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that. Meanwhile, while you were trying to bring me to tears like you do on every single <laughs> podcast, although I'm not going to let you cry, make me cry today, you've tried 80 times to give me happy tears and I won't allow it. Um, I just had a massive contraction. Tony Braxton
1: we we going into labor no
0: we're really not i this is a wild day babe wow i've just been having these like very intense like that stay walk, in there comment i know stay in there a couple more weeks I know. that walk was 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 hysterical and terrible like yeah. I, I would stop and the feeling <laughs> would kind of die down and then i'd be like no no i'm fine i mean i have to move my body so i you know We'd take a couple steps and it was just and then you'd stop and I and like keeled over. But it's not. I mean, it's just Tony Braxton's, but the baby's also really big and pushing on all the edges. So there's a lot of pressure in there. It's a and lot, yeah, yeah.
1: I think you've definitely had some big growth spurts. The yeah. babes had some big growth spurts this past week.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll be thirty-five uh, weeks by the time this comes out. That's right. Which is an incredible, incredible, amazing achievement. thing. Yeah. And just because I don't think we've said this on the podcast, but I do think that um, some scar tissue on my cervix might be the thing that's holding it together. I can't remember if I said it last week or not, but um, I have the length of a cervix, the my cervix is the length of somebody who is 37 to 38 weeks pregnant and has been since mid-20s. And so it is really incredible mm. that it's hanging on this way, and mm-hmm. I think it's got to be... I mean, you know, I'm pretending to know the answer. I think I like to know the answer to some things, but it, it might be that there's some scar tissue. So we may just be hanging on the full time, and that, that was a wild ride.
1: <laughs> wild. All right. Well, boy, boy or girl, born boy or girl, and what's your guess? gender is a construct, so they can they will decide what they become. What's my guess? My guess is a girl, but I don't. Doesn't matter.
0: Almost every single person has guessed a boy. Yeah. I think. Well, they everybody. got a 50-50 shot. Yeah. All right. Love you. Love you.